Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. This is going to be a really fun episode. We are very much looking forward to it. Before this call, I was like, come on, Mac, let's press play. Let's press play. She was shoving her face with a bagel fin. (laughs) I know. Well, you know me. I get hangry. So I was like, I need to have some food in my body before we start this podcast. So. Oh, my. What was even on that thing? Butter and jelly. Oh, yeah. So good. Pregnancy craving? Well, actually, normally I do. Well, I eat these bagel thins a lot because they're so easy and it's just like quick. Normally I do strawberry cream cheese, uh, but I'm out. So I improvise with butter and jelly. Mac is the funniest when you start just asking about the things she's eating. They're so like. It's because I eat like. I eat like throwback foods and Ken's eat. Yes, that's exactly what you do. But Ken's, throwback foods. But I think a lot of people do. I think you just only eat healthy. Like that's all you eat. And like you just think <laughs> anything that is not 100% healthy, you're like think is weird. But it's honestly true. Once you start eating like healthy, like you don't really go fat. I don't, or like, I don't know. It's just been that way for so long that I, yeah, I wouldn't consider like, I would not consider like strawberry cream cheese, but I love that. I genuinely love so that good. you do. Like you're just like, let's Well, go. I think one day, and maybe this is something I've learned in my twenties, but I just had the realization of like, what is, if it makes me happy in the morning I'm putting like a tablespoon on my bagel and it's awesome so yeah no, I just for go sure. for it <laughs> no that that could be brought up in her 20s like honestly you know, honestly it doesn't really your body's gonna do what your body's gonna do I think there's something to like taking care of your body totally but yeah like you know, you only can control so much. I think part of it is being married to Tyler too because like he's introduced me to things he eats that are like so weird. That or I would have thought are weird, but it's just because I'm a girl and like every I look at everything through the lens of health. And then he's like, like I told yeah. you about mayo. He just puts mayo on his sandwiches and is like, yeah, it's so good. And I'm like, wait, I okay. Put mayo let's on like mine. point out the obvious though that Tyler's like still in the phase where his like metabolism like works. He's still like a young a young boy. Yeah, but in my mind, <laughs> like putting mayonnaise on your sandwich is like not that big of a deal. It's like no, I get it no. if you're like every night I'm gonna eat fried chicken for dinner, but for my once a month sandwich, I'm gonna put mayo on it and love my life. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, though, he was like he really was. Well, you he guys was- are in your whole little world carnivore diet, cold plunge. <laughs> like you guys are not. You guys are. <laughs> Not relatable. No, I was just we love you. I was just gonna say though that like Josh was like that like he ran track in college, so he was just like classic boy could eat whatever he wanted on top of track, but like he hates his life now though because like he's like about to be thirty and he like can't he like feels it. He just like knows where his food is going. Well, that is already Tyler. He literally did uh, keto all last month because he felt like he had put on a few pounds. So (laughs) he's already like that. (laughs) Okay. Wow. How did we even get to this conversation? You guys, last night was the most fun 
We're recording this, like, you know. Well, we're recording this on a Friday. It was last night was Singles Ladies Night. I Why did we name it that? Because it's the most it's tongue twister. Ladies Night. Single Ladies Night. Okay, that's still really hard to say for some reason, but <laughs> uh, it was so amazing. It was pretty awesome. We had four bachelors who were set up on um, blind live mini dates, and the Zoom was popping off. The chat was popping off. I feel like, I don't know, have you heard any any potential matches? I was trying not to be too pushy with my guys to get the deets, but what do you think? Yeah, I've, I asked one of the girls, I was like, so is it okay if I give him your number? And she was like, yes, he was great. So that's looking good. That's good. So only yeah. one number exchange happened? I just automatically exchanged the numbers and just say, oh. go for it. But no pressure. <laughs> I love that. No, okay, and then the other one actually asked for his number, but he he was thinking that, like, you know, he was not ready for a serious relationship. So he did a great job in making it clear to her that that was, like, not really what he wanted. But it was awesome because he was like, can I have her number? I'm going to text her and just let her know, like, hey, like, you know, this is kind of what I think about it. And I thought that was respectable, right? We love a good communicator. That was respectable. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have more I haven't thoughts, told you this. But I just will keep them to myself. No, uh, please. Please share. Please share. <laughs> what was he doing coming on Single Ladies Night? This is like a classic <laughs> guy thing. Like, they take you on the date, and then they're like, I'm not ready for a serious relationship. Okay. Well, let's be real. We kind of, like, forced some of them. We're like, come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. He was like, okay. You know. True. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're in this right. particular situation, too, the girl was ready ready for like marriage she even said that in one of the questions he asked he was she was like yeah for sure like I want to be a wife soon and you know it for him like he maybe would want to like date for a good chunk of time before he'd even consider that so yeah anyways there's an age gap anyways so okay yeah I get yeah Cool. Well, it was a fun night. And then Jana, our speaker, was incredible. It was so, so good. I actually Uh, told her, I called her after and was like, we need to have you on the podcast to basically share what you shared at Single Ladies Night so that more women can hear it. Because I think if you were are single, it could really, really encourage you. And just was like a unique and different perspective that I really loved. So yeah, it was a great night. You guys got to convince Mac and I to keep up single ladies night like we could be convinced to do more than one a year but uh sometimes we're like oh my gosh that's this is a lot of work it is a lot of work it is a lot of work to convince these guys to show up and yeah I feel like once they do they think it's so fun and great but it's not normal by any means well and honestly Literally, like, the week of, like, two of our guys dropped out. We were only looking at, like, two, and then we were, like, stressed because we didn't want to let you guys down. But they yes. pulled through for us. But it's a little bit of a roller coaster putting on a night like that. But we can be convinced. We can be convinced. We can be convinced. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was so fun. But we're really excited about today's episode. We are going to be doing 20 things we've learned in our 20s. And uh, we've I think we've shared a little bit about this before that – 
obviously like we, we started delight. We do so much with college women, but we really see for the girl as a place for women in their twenties, which includes college women, but kind of stretches beyond that season. And Ken's and I are now in our thirties. So we are both 31. Uh, so we're beyond our twenties and it was kind of fun to sit down and reflect on 20 things that are kind of our biggest takeaways from our 20s. We we both brought 10 and we have not heard each other's. So this is going to be hilarious. Some are more serious. Some are definitely about our faith and more uh, spiritual. Some are just life tips and advice. It's kind of like runs the gamut of different things. Uh, but I actually saw, I saw this idea from uh, Rachel Autry, I want to give her the shout out here. She does this, I think, every year on her birthday. Like, however old she is, she does it. And oh, I, just, cool. I was like, that's such a good idea and so fun. And so it was fun to sit down and reflect. I did this in like the 20 minutes before this podcast, and I wish I would have taken more time again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, gosh. No, I like struggled. And Mac was like, wait, I came up with these so fast. I was like, oh my gosh. I feel like I had a lot of thoughts, but then like some of them were like, some hard of them when name. I like really, yeah, hard to put into words. And then others, like when I really thought of them, I was like, okay, is that really like a good thing? I don't know. Some are hot takes too. So good. I can't wait. Hope we don't takes. get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to start or me? I feel like, like mine are a wacky order. So I'm wait, gonna- are we like going every other? Like you go, you say one, then I say one. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, go ahead. Are my, I'm starting. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not that I can change mine now, but I kind of like want to know your vibe. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My number one. Well, I'm not, this is in no particular order. I'm just going to try to space out. Same with mine. I'm just going to try to space mine out, not put all my serious ones together, all my not serious ones together. So my first, my first thing for women in their 20s is to find a hobby that you love. (laughs) Uh, I think, okay. I think when you're in your 20s, you think like, your hobbies are done because you're not in high school sports or anymore, or I don't know, it just feels like that's like in your past life and you're supposed to be focusing on your career and like relationships when I actually think it's a perfect time to like discover something you love that has nothing to do with your career, nothing to do with like, you're going to become a pro at it, but it's just really fun. Agreed. For What's me, hobby? for me, that's been pickleball. And it's actually brought me so much joy (laughs) and I'm really thankful for it because it's like a fun thing to do with people. I like love that it's active and then I'm actually like pretty good at it. And so it's just kind of been a fun little hobby. So she's so good. Also to add, when you get married, I feel like most guys are like hobbyist. Like Josh, as soon as it's five o'clock, he could probably do like three activities like no brainers, like all the time. He's like, you're ready yes. to either like surf, run, pick a ball. Same with my ball. husband. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so you need to get one yourself so that you also can be like, hey, I'm, I'm going go to go do, do this. this. Yeah, and it so can be get anything. one now. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it can be yoga. It could be reading. It could be. It doesn't have to be like an active one or anything like that. But I just think yeah. finding a hobby you love and like. Being all about it and having fun with it is a, a fun thing that I learned to do in my 20s. Okay, I love that. Okay, <laughs> my turn. Mine will be a little slightly more serious just to balance it out. Perfect. Um, I was going to say that behind the scenes is better. Mm. And I say this because 
I think that we make our best, most clear, most right decisions for ourselves when we make them behind the scenes and when we're not. I feel like if we're like upfront posting things, trying to become big or whatever, we're making decisions for other people or for these like weird intentions. And then your life like gets out of your control and you become somebody who you're not supposed to be. So I think in your 20s, these really formative years behind the scenes is better. So get behind the scenes. Yes, I actually had one on my uh, like bonus list in case we overlapped <laughs> okay. that said being known is overrated and it's yes. kind of like the same sentiment of I feel like I spent so much of my 20s like wanting to matter, wanting people to see me as like having something to say or successful and, and you really look at you know, just the numbers and and you can have the best heart in it, but still look at like, well, how many people are following this or how many people are subscribing to this podcast or whatever it is, or, uh, just different opportunities you get. And you can kind of become obsessed with like the being known part of it and think that's where like all the fun and glory of life is. And it's just not. (laughs) And I so agree. It's the behind the scenes. It's the stuff that Nobody ever sees that brings the most joy, the most contentment. And sometimes you're going to do things in life and you're going to be known for them. And that's going to be awesome. But you you just cannot live for that because it's it's yeah. not a fun life to live for. And so I so yes. agree. There's definitely a reason why Jesus did all of his ministries behind the scenes in all of his 20s. Like no one knew who he was. He was like, yeah, everything. There wasn't a moment he had like a platform or a mic or, or or any kind of popularity, and he was able. I can't help but imagine those years were just like incredibly formative for him and who he was, and he like solidified his identity and just who he is and who God said he is before before like getting any attention. And uh, truthfully, I don't even think as a believer do we ever need to be up on the scene I don't know there's probably a place or time for that but I think it's best behind the scenes pretty much always <laughs> yes couldn't agree more okay hey my our number three is you don't need the perfect church but you do need a church <laughs> and Ooh, I think this is really important because I have been that girl in my 20s who was on the hunt for the perfect church I lived in Nashville I loved my church I thought it was the perfect church. I, you know, like I was so obsessed with it. I I could see no wrong in it, all these different things. And then I moved to Charlotte and I've really struggled to find a church that I love as much as I, the one I loved in Nashville. And for a long time, I used that as my excuse to not be in church and to like kind of continue to dabble around and go here for a second and there for a second. And yeah. I think that Tyler and I finally got to the realization of like, we need church like we need the body around us and it doesn't have to be the perfect place where we align with everything but I think if you're finding a church that teaches the word of God and that teaches people how to like love others and go and make disciples and then you just start showing up it is just so important to do because we need a church home and I just think that even in this season of maybe not being in the church that I'm obsessed with and I love and I get so much out of on Sunday mornings, I'm still getting so much out of it in different ways. And I'm learning a lot yeah. and God is still using it to teach me and to mold me into looking more and more like Jesus. And so 
I think it's really important. And I wish someone would have told me when I was like, you know, Mm. using it as my excuse to not, not go or not do this or not serve that. Like you don't need the perfect church, but you do need a church. So plug in, go for it, do the thing. Yes. I love that. Okay. Like coming off of that, one of mine was that you become who you hang out with. I feel like we've heard this before, but this is kind of like going with the church thing a little bit because it's when we're planted in that type of community that our like faith will actually like stay, stay alive and steady. I've really learned through my 20s in the seasons that I like was maybe like hanging out with people that didn't love God as much or didn't know him at all, you know, and I wrote it off as like, well, this is like grid ministry opportunity or, you know, whatever that was. It was really honestly times where I was really like dry in in my walk with Jesus. And Mm. I think it's just so important. Like it's okay to have questions about God and about your faith in your 20s. Like ask those questions and like listen for answers and stay in community like the whole time like stay in good community like like Jesus loving community mm-hmm. and by community I'm not even talking about a group of 30 like I'm talking about like two friends or mm-hmm. something like that um and it's true that you do become who you hang out with like Mac probably hates to admit it but she's kind of like a lot like me oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I sometimes hear her valley girl voice come out you guys <laughs> Uh, Uh, you're definitely going to buy strawberry cream cheese at the grocery store tomorrow (laughs) oh yeah 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 like we (laughs) you do like the people you hang out with though like you think about you not even when you're around them but when you're not around them you like you like think about what they would do because you're influenced by the people around you and um so it's so incredibly poignant if I had a if I had a like one through ten this would be way way up there because I think this is like huge Yeah, so good. And I have one that kind of goes off of that. That's perfect for number five. And it kind of connects with church. And it's just that uh, community groups or house churches or grow groups, or I don't know what your church calls them, or what it looks like for you to kind of get into this in your life, but they are so worth it. And I will be the first to admit that they can feel so cringy and so awkward and so hard at first. Like you walk into this room on like a Tuesday night full of strangers and you're like looking around and you're like, I am never going to be friends with these people. But I just so encourage you to sign up for one and then actually commit to going and investing. Every church on the planet offers these. And I have just found like I'm like a year and a half into our community group and it's like just now that I'm starting to be like, wow, I really like value this group and I love this group. And like, I, there's relationships forming in this group. And I just think you can't give up on them too easily. And you can't, you can't like expect them to like fix all your community problems, but you can expect for God to show up in the midst of them if you keep showing up to them. And so I've been a part of groups in my early twenties where I would go for like two or three weeks and I'd be like, I just decided it wasn't for me and I would stop going. And I can't help but think all that I missed out on that I'm now getting to experience now in this season of life just because we committed and we said every Tuesday, no matter what, we're going and we're just going to invest in these people. And it's been really, really awesome. And again, it hasn't been perfect, but I just 
see God's hand at work in it so much. And so I think it's really cool that every single person has an opportunity to get involved in something like this, like at your church, like, uh, in your community, there's probably somebody somewhere who's offering some sort of, you know, faith centered community group, and you can join that and be a part of it and invest in it. And it can really be so life-changing and so cool to see God work and God move in it. I think like 80% of the time, a small group like ends up maybe like you get placed in one, like a three-year church or whatever. It becomes, it's probably not people that like maybe you would like for sure choose to hang out with. And I think because of that, there's a lot of judgment put on it. Everybody's like, oh, I don't really like my group. Or yeah. Like, I don't know. They're not going to be like my best friends. Like, why am I even doing this? And that's just like true. And that's the reality. And I, I think that I think the best way to respond, though, is being like, okay, they might not be like me, but I have so much to learn from them. So good. And I, they love God, and so I want to be around them at least once a week. They don't have to be your best friends, but it's a great place to, like, stay ro- rooted and just to learn. Like, who are we to think that, like, we're cooler or we have more to say or we're wiser or whatever? Like, you do not have a place to think that at all. Yeah. So just, like, come show up and learn from people and speak up and share And I think you'll be surprised by the things that come out of that. Yeah. And both of us have done this. Like, you know, we both, and I love it. I love that, like, because you're my friend who really knows me and it's fun to even share with you, like what's happening in my community group and what's happening in yours and what we're learning and what we're seeing from these Mm -hmm. people who, yeah, maybe we wouldn't have picked to be our best friends, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, uh, you can experience and taste and see so much of God's character in people who are different than you. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that's what the body's supposed to do. So it's so important. And I just think it's really cool that we all have the opportunity to be a part of something like this. It's not like yes. only for the girls who live in the big cities or anything like that. Like we all have an opportunity to be a part of a group like this in our 20s. Yeah. And if there, if for some reason there isn't, there's always the opportunity to start one too and to gather your friends. Amen. That's like what we're all about for the girl. Gather <laughs> girl so friends. And do a little for the girl study. That would be amazing. Okay. Um, I feel like it's time for a lighthearted one. This is my hot take, but not for you. I think you'll agree. Okay. In your 20s, I learned, don't get a dog. <laughs> okay. Literally, I was considering actually saying, do get the dog. <laughs> what? I thought you... Oh, no. Okay. Okay, but I'm really attached to Rosie right now, but... And like it's it it pays off later is what I would think. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Don't get a dog. I, I, I agree. I see what you mean. Like I do. I don't know. Get a dog in your thirties because there's a part of me that's yeah. like, okay, like, oh gosh, if you're like, if you're single, like my sister, she like, I feel like she's she's about to be thirty, and I'm like, oh, she's single. I'm like, oh, that'd be like a great thing for you to have, like a dog, a pal to be there with you, live with totally. you, whatever. Yes, but like she's thirty, like she didn't need she she should you know wait not for the when dog. you're twenty two, yeah. <laughs> and it's a hot take because there's some people listening to this that totally have a dog and they're obsessed with it. I'll add that me and Mac are not really like your natural dog people, so we both no. ended up getting dogs, and to me. From my perspective, it was kind of a mistake. Like, I've spent so much stupid money with paying babysitters. Mm. And it just is, like, another layer of, like, planning in your life. And then also you have to, like, bring the dog into, like, your future, like, marriage or relationship, which thankfully, like, Josh likes the dog. But, like, you know, it could have been the other way. And 
there's hair and it's so messy and dirty. And when you have a child, it's like so extra. And I would just like be disciplined and hold off, hold off on the cute puppy, you guys. It's way yeah. too much work and money. Yeah. Just, just don't be that girl. If you travel a lot, don't get a dog. And that was both Ken's and I's problem is that we both traveled so much and got a dog in the peak of that life stage. And it was a lot of added stress <laughs> in like planning <laughs> that there are moments I was like, oh, I wish I didn't have this dog. But I will say to redeem of this course. that like I, I, I'm so happy I got Rosie at the same time because she's like my little, she just was there and in hard seasons and I'm about to have a baby and I feel more attached to her than ever. And I know it'll probably change once I have the baby, but I don't know. I just am like, I'm really extra obsessed with her right now and more than ever before. It's kind of weird, but. I'm with Wait. you, Hens. I get it. Don't get the dog. Funny. Don't get the dog. <laughs> really assess your life. Like, and, and if you do get the dog, just nobody's going to feel bad for you. Nobody's going to feel bad for you. <laughs> like, the whole reassess your life, like, you're going to find a reason to get the dog. Like, this is my advice. Don't do it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. All right. So what are we on? I think that was number six, right? Yeah. No, I think I'm kind of just number making seven. Okay. Yep. Good. Okay. Number seven. This is my tip for you is that Saturday mornings are supposed to be magical. So <laughs> I really believe this with my whole heart. Like you gotta <laughs> make them magical and special. Like go get the donuts you love. Go get the cinnamon roll you love. Wake up with enough time to enjoy them. Like I love a good Saturday sleep in, but like you don't need to sleep until 11 because you'll miss it. Like sleep until like, you know, 839 and then enjoy your magical Saturday morning. You can watch your favorite show on the couch with a cup of coffee, hang out with people you love. Do not plan chores do not run a 5K. Do not do boring stuff. Like, enjoy <laughs> your Saturday morning. This is so you. This because, is so you. like, you work, you work all week. Like, Sundays are, you know, you have church for sure. And then it's like you're kind of like prepping and planning for the week and things like that. And I just think I love looking at Saturdays as like my time to like plan something really fun and magical and like <laughs> enjoyable. And I just <laughs> wish I would have done it more. The in, word magical. The, the word magical. This is one thing you need to know about Matt because she does. She, You're really good at like setting like like the scene. Like, yeah, like you would make it magical. You would be like the donut and the biz. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm saving my cute comfy set to wear on Saturday mornings oh to make gosh, it extra no magical. Way. Yeah. Wow. So I, I definitely, I, I run on Saturdays. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> okay. But any don't you long wish? Since runner out there knows that that's the only time to get it in. So, but then when you get home from that run, aren't you still trying to like do something fun that's out yeah, of ordinary? Yeah, no, mine's better than yours, absolutely. Because I have the post run high too. Yeah, which so I'm, I'm, like, I'm cool with that. Like, okay. I'm just saying, don't. Like, if that's what you love, do that. But I'm just okay, saying, okay. if you're the girl who's like, I hate running, don't run on Saturday mornings. So. Okay. Okay. Like okay. Me. We like this. I shouldn't go plan to run a 5K on a Saturday morning. I could go so for a walk. are you continuing magical mornings in your 30s? Absolutely. <laughs> you learned it in your 20s. It kills me because Tyler 
loves to sleep in on Saturdays. And I'm always like twiddling my thumbs. Like, when is he going to wake up so we can start our magic? <laughs> oh my gosh, she's ready. She's but ready. I do my own thing for like a, you know, like probably like an hour and a half. And then I finally call him and I'm like, wake up. We have to go do something. <laughs> right, that's really funny. I feel like Sundays are more my like magical day. Really? I don't know. Well, and that's I'm bad it. at this. It I'm could bad. Be, it You're could, good. No, it could be Sundays. It doesn't have to be. Just find your moment to like do the thing. Okay. No, I'm like so disciplined sometimes in my life that I forget that I, I can like just be like, ooh, fun. Anyways, but that's my vibe. Okay. Oops. Okay. Here's my fun. Okay. What one should I do? Should I do serious or should I do whatever you want? You got it. Okay. Okay. Mine is re- my next one. I don't know what number I'm on. I think eight. Respond to the altar call. Okay. That is what I learned in my 20s. I and love it. what I mean by this is there is so many moments in my 20s where I responded to an altar call and it absolutely changed everything for me. One was an altar call where it was like needing to surrender anything in my life, blah, blah, blah. And that was like kind of what, um, what sparked what like a breakup with a guy that I like was going out with or who I was in a relationship for like way too long and that broke that relationship and I was able to like move forward there were other altacas where I was released from sins in my life or there was other ones where I had got maybe an anointing or calling or next step or direction and like it was like in these moments where you have to like get up out of your seat humble yourself walk to the front and like surrender something that I like things really changed for me in my 20s. And so I would encourage you to not be too prideful to not respond to the altar call. Do the thing. Mm. That's good. Really good. Really practical. Next altar call, we're all like, we're going. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Herds of hundreds of women. (laughs) I've had those same moments though where it's like my feet are moving before my mind has uh, like figured out what I'm doing. And those are some of the sweetest moments with God. So I love that. So true. Okay, my next one, it, this is going to be number nine, is to find a place to give your life away. Uh, for me in my early 20s, this was like truly a delight and for the girl. Now, later, mm-hmm. it's been become young life with my husband. But I just think it's so important to have a place where for the kingdom's sake, you sacrifice your time, your money, your energy, super intentionally. Like you do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, it's just like a place in your life where... It's not about you. It has nothing to do with your future career or your future plans. It's really about other people knowing or encountering Jesus. And I think you have to figure out what this looks like in your life. Like uh, for everybody's, it's not going to be what this looks like for me. For some people, it's, you know, actually like serving with their hands, like doing something, volunteering. For some people, it's ministry related. For some people, uh, it's just being that friend that shows up with like the casserole for all the friends who need it. But I just think it's a place in your life where you intentionally choose to do it. It should always be a struggle and always feel like a sacrifice. But then at the same time, it's also the place where you feel your deepest joy. And I just feel that in young life all the time. Like it's the place where I'm like, oh oh my goodness, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. I, I don't have enough energy to do this. And then we go and do it. We drive home at night and we're like, oh my goodness, look what God did. Look how he showed up. I'm so glad that we said yes to doing this again and again and again. And so I just think it's so, so important in your twenties. Like you don't have to wait to do this till you're married. You don't have to wait to do this when you're 
have more money or whatever, like find a place right here, right now to give your life away and Mm -hmm. prepare yourself that it's going to be hard and it's always going to feel like a sacrifice, but it's going to be so worth it and so important. That's good. What do you say? What was the little, like the beginning, the title or whatever of this one? Find a place to give your life away. Okay. I love that. I kind of had one similar. Yours is obviously worded way better. (laughs) No. Mine comes off a little strong, but I was going to say that hard work pays off. Um, And this might be, I guess, a little bit more specific to, like, one type of person, like, zooming in a little bit more to, like, the person who has, like, a, a dream or an ambition or an idea or... Um, something they want to do with their life or their career, your 20s are prime time to do the thing and, Mm. like, to spend a lot of hours working towards the thing and, like, hard working hours, like, focused, sometimes overwhelming, just hands-full time and I'm not saying this this can you can still insert like relaxed moments and you can still insert rest and that's important too you don't want to run yourself empty but I really believe that there needs to be like a strong effort put towards your 20s towards it or in your 20s towards the things you're passionate about um I Mm. think that there's like maybe I don't know that this is true for sure but I think there's like a culture with like young people maybe these days where they you know it's like the classic like they just think they can like get the like highest position or it's just like gonna come to them or like Mm. they like wish they like were paid more but they've only worked for like six months and like that whole narrative and like the reality is is like your 20s they they just are like you got to put in the time you got to put in the effort and the thing is is you'll see the benefit of it like later like yeah it's kind of been like a huge part of Mac and I's story so we worked really hard at like building delight and like that was like you know it's always weird to talk about like hard work in light of like like ministry maybe or like like spirituality but it I think they do go hand in hand and God put us on earth to like use our hands and feet and like do the thing and so anyways we worked really really hard and like we put in a lot of hours so it was a lot of hard conversations and it was like quite exhausting I think we worked harder than most people our age or anybody around us but then now when we're 31 or whatever, we're about to both, oh, I had a child, she's a child, and we're able to have like a more free, flexible lifestyle while getting to do what we love. And so it's kind of practical, it's kind of specific, but there you go. Yeah, it's so good. It's so true. I feel like we, I think back on that time and it was just like a non-negotiable. It was just like we needed to do what needed to happen in order to see this kind of dream that God had placed in our lives come to fruition. And I never thought about like how, like I never thought about money in it all or never thought about like, you know, I should be getting this or I should be getting that. And I think it was a, I think it's a cool thing and a sweet season because I do believe like it's what set us up for this season of life now where we are able to give way less time and way less energy, but we're still able to do what we love. And so I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful that we put that time in when we were in our twenties so that now we're kind of getting to see the fruit of it in our thirties. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. My next one, I believe this is number 10. Now we're almost (laughs) halfway is that 
the best gifts come in the most unexpected packages, <laughs> which I uh, just think is so true. Yeah. It is, but it's not just that. So obviously one of the more obvious ones is that uh, I was 28. I met this 21-year-old guy who was a senior in college, and he was pursuing the heck out of me. And I was like, what the heck? I cannot date this guy. And then turns out that that is my husband and my dream man, all the different things. And he came in the most unexpected package. I think about when I was 28, I also moved back home to North Carolina, which felt like a huge step backwards in life. <laughs> like not what you do when you're in your late 20s for your career or your dating life. Uh, but it has been the best season of life. And I know it's right where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and then even another one is I think about Ken's like you and I had some of our hardest days with delight and like just fighting like we there'd be like a year of our friendship where we were so upset with each other but that's truly what made our friendship stronger than ever and I really believe like that's a part of the foundation that our friendship is built on today and so I think it's really important to know that like when you are confused or when you are like this doesn't add up and this doesn't make sense that is the moment to trust God. <laughs> like that is the moment to be like, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. This is not what I would have picked. But that is the moment where you can really learn what faith is and what trust is and how to really depend upon God because he knows what he's doing. And I love that his plan doesn't always add up to what makes sense in our minds or in the world's eyes. And I think that's why they end up being some of the best gifts because they're so unexpected and they're so not about what you were able to earn or achieve for yourself. They're just about what God wants to give from the goodness of his heart and the goodness of like, hey, this, you had to fight for this and you had to like struggle for this. And I just think that creates some of the most beautiful gifts in our life. And so best gifts come in the most unexpected packages. And if you find yourself confused about what he's doing right now, just trust him. Just lean into it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I definitely think we could both look back and be like, oh, wow, there was so many times where we confused, lost, hurt, sad, or whatever. And then we were like, wait, you totally showed up. And so if you're in the middle of that, he will show up for you. Yep. Um, okay, do you want a hot take? Are you ready for one? Yeah, I'm ready for one. <laughs> She's always good. <laughs> like, I'm, oh gosh. I'm more willing to have hot takes than market. Mm -hmm. But okay, mine are never that like controversial. Okay, here it goes. Here it goes. This is going to be hot for a lot of you listening. Bachelorette parties are a fat waste of money. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so with you. I hate bachelorette parties. <laughs> Uh, okay, but I do feel like everybody like loves them and has them. So, okay, I don't have much to say about this other than the fact that like you're spending a whole weekend with usually a like hodgepodge of people that came from the brides like cousins, like old friends, new friends, college friends. And so you don't actually know anybody really. And so you're spending an entire weekend away from your community and putting effort in to build your community and your church and all the things. And you're hanging out with like random people that you will never see after the wedding again, most likely. And so, and you're also spending a lot of money making it happen. And so <laughs> it's, <laughs> I guess I say all this my point or the way to avoid them is to 
Um, you know, I guess I honestly, when I was young, I thought it was like cool to be in a lot of like bridal parties. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like at, in as like many as I can. That like makes me look popular. <laughs> this is raw, honest. Okay, guys. And so I was like, let's like, I want to have a lot of friends. I want to be in a lot of bachelorettes and whatever. And you know, that just resulted in a lot of weekends away and a lot of lost money. So there's that. <laughs> and I think so maybe been to a avoid it. Friend. Yeah, maybe to avoid it is to, you know, go deep with a fewer people or something. I don't know. Or just say no. Can you even say no? I don't really know what my, like, solution here is for you. Maybe my solution is if you're the bride, just, like, you don't need to have them. You know what's hilarious is I'm her best friend and she didn't even come to my bachelorette party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She had a really good excuse, but. No, uh, I was like super sick, guys. She was. She wanted to be there. She cried that she couldn't be there. But um, yeah, I would say I think if you're the bride, uh, because we, (laughs) if this is your moment and you're like, oh my goodness, I want the bachelorette party that is like Pinterest, TikTok worthy, like all the cute decor, all the things like. Beach house at 30A, like all the fun stuff, whatever you want to do for your bachelorette party. I would just say dial it back. <laughs> like, I, I would think say, I think of everybody else. Yes. Oh, I know this is your time, whatever, but like, you know, that's not really like. Yeah. I think what it's meant to do, it's a meant, it's a, it's meant to get your people together to like celebrate honestly celebrate like what God's doing in and through like this next season of your life. And sometimes that doesn't need a three day trip (laughs) where you like wear the matching sunglasses and outfits. And if you love that, do it, go for it, all the things. But I do think it's good to be mindful of your people who can't be there. It's not because they don't love you. It's not because they don't love you. It's not because they wouldn't do anything for you. It's just, I think it is kind of letting go of the expectations and then not being upset or angry if people are like, oh, I can't afford that or I can't come that weekend. I hear so much drama from girls who are like, she didn't yeah. come to this or she didn't do this and it really hurt my feelings. Like I did this for her. Like there's no tit for tat in this. It's just everybody's different in how they want to celebrate. And I think it's okay if you want to celebrate differently, um, but just don't hold those same expectations for everybody involved yeah like be understanding and kind with it like it's like although it's a quote-unquote about you you don't have to have the um, about me mentality and I mean think about the sometimes there's like there's a lot of girls who are like really introverted and a weekend like that is like genuinely like anxiety ridden for them and if like giving them like an option out and like maybe being like we can spend quality time here or there another time like that's totally fine like being kind about it as the bride so um yeah oh, I know sorry sorry to everybody who really loved that we're just crushing all of your dreams <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it okay my next one is that uh family sticks around in every season and I know this isn't Not everybody has the same family and great family vibes and things like that. But I think that in your 20s, you get really obsessed with your friends and your friends are awesome. We love friendships and all the things, but I will tell you, friendships change. They just do. And as you get older and as you transition and as you get married, like friendships just start to have to look different. But I will tell you, family stays the same. So I would say, call your mom. Call your dad, call your sister, call your brother, call your grandma, whatever it is. Like, 
don't let distance or like your obsession with your friends keep you from loving your family super well. Because I think with family, you have to be intentional and you have to pursue it, but it's so worth it because those are truly the people that stick by you in every season. Like they're the ones that like you're stuck with in a really beautiful way. And, um, I think even if you're married, I think do the same thing with your, with your in-laws and your husband's family. Like that's going to be your family in 30 years. So invest in them too. And I just, I just think that it just, it really pays off and it's really beautiful. And most girls in their twenties are just like all about their friends and I get it. And I was like that too. But, uh, you know, I talk to my sister every day of my life. I talk to my mom every day of my life. They're the ones that are like gonna be there for me when I have this baby in a few weeks or a few months. And it's just like, it's so beautiful and it's so cool. And I know that's not everybody's experience with their family, but I just think if you're the one to be intentional about it, they will show up for you in some really cool ways. Yes. So start FaceTiming your brother and your sister more. Maybe your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always like FaceTime my brother. He's like a couple of years older than me. We're just like a very like different seasons and stuff. And he's always just so caught off guard. He's like, why do you always like to FaceTime? <laughs> but the funny thing is he answers every single time. Like never. Yeah. My brother cute. always answers my phone calls. It's really Aww. so sweet. Yeah. Uh, he always calls single me. Single brothers. We both have single brothers. We do. We do. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I agree with that one a lot. Um, okay. Let's see. I have another hot take, but I'll just give it a, a breather for a second. Um, okay. One thing that I will say is that one thing I wrote down was your knowledge of scripture will grow with time and consistency. Mm. And I say this because in my 20s, there was a lot, especially early 20s, where I was, like, really insecure about my, like, knowledge of the Word of God. And um, I don't know. I guess I either wasn't, like, super paying attention in Sunday school or I really didn't <laughs> go to much Sunday school. But I was pretty much clueless once I, like, got older and tuned into the Bible. And I felt really behind a lot. And I always remember being in church services and pastors would be like, they say the words like, you know, you should know, you probably heard this scripture before and it's about da, 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 da. And I'd always be like, what? I don't know this. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It always got me like, I, I always, it, a lot of times it kept me from reading my Bible. I was like, oh, it's too big. I don't even know where to begin with. So I just want to encourage you that if you like just chip away at it, 10 years, like 20 years or like from 20 to 30 is a lot of time. And if you're consistent with it, you'll look back when you're 30 and be like, dang, wait, I actually feel like I like know these stories and can remember some things. And um, so I would encourage you, even if you're like halfway through your 20s, even if you're towards the later of your 20s, two years, three years, like every morning spending time with Jesus, just like 30 minutes, you'll like really, really gain knowledge or even getting like, I'm not even throwing out our studies, but like throw it, but our studies are really helpful to do that because sometimes you need a place to begin. Yeah, yeah. I have one so similar. I said, it's never too late to learn to love your Bible. And and I say this because I so agree, Ken's like, I, you know, even still, like in my 30s, it's not always easy for me every day to like wake up excited to read my Bible. But I think that 
it's really beautiful to establish rhythms and routines and practices that remind you that the Bible is like, it's the word of God is just this treasure chest, like to be discovered and to be explored. And it's full of God's presence and it's full of his wisdom and it's full of just like what you need in your every single day. And so I think it's really important to look at it as not like, okay, this is the year I learn to like read my Bible. Like, no, this is like year one of the lifelong journey I'm going to go on of learning to like love the word of God and discover the word of God. And I just think that you can start that at any age. Like you can grow a desire to like really know and love and understand God's word at any age. And you don't need to already be somewhere that you're not. Like you can be right in whatever season you're in with the word of God and God can do really cool things in your heart in every day. And so I really think we found, both of us found that in our 20s. I found like a real love for scripture. And Mm -hmm. I found that by just like, honestly, like you said, like admitting what I didn't know and then setting out on a journey to like discover and to know it for myself and things like Bible studies and things like uh, little Bible challenges and things like that really help in that way. And so you have to get creative and out of the box. Like if you're just literally sitting there staring at the Old Testament every day and you're like, oh, still not great today. It's like, what can you do to get yourself excited about it? And what can you do to actually understand it and read it differently? Not just read it to check it off the list, but to read it, to know it and love it and uncover what God wants for you in it. So I think that's really good. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Let's see what else we got here. All right, give Uh, us your hot take. We're ready for it. Okay, our hot take. It's better not to be friends with boys. Oh, we've already (laughs) given that hot take somewhere on this podcast, but I kind of agree. Well, no, I fully agree. You know I agree. I know. Okay, my brother-in-law. Boyfriends are lame. (laughs) I know. My brother-in-law's in in town, though, and he had, like, a good – I've, like, said this with bold confidence for so much of my life, but he was the first one to have, like, a good, good, like, what do you say, like, argument to it. But – um, anyways, yeah, no, like literally every guy relationship in my 20s just burned and died, you guys. Like they don't last. Like either he liked me or I liked him and then things got awkward. And if anybody is able to share, okay, I will say there's like 2% of people that can be friends with guys. Like there's sometimes ones that will work. They're like outliers in the whole thing, but it's like super, 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 super rare. The only point my brother-in-law brought up was that if you're not friends with boys, how are you going to, like, meet your future husband? Like, sometimes it starts with, like, a friendship with a boy. Yeah. So what do we think about that? Yes. Like, I think in your 20s, like, you're going to be friends with guys. The thing you have to remember is that, like, when you reach the place in your friendship with them where you're like, well, I don't want to mess up the friendship. Yeah. Mess yeah. up the friendship because it's not going to last. Like, I hate when girls give me that excuse. Well, we're such good friends and I don't want it to be awkward because the truth is either he will be the person you end up with and that's great and thank goodness you like gave it a shot or he won't be. And then once you're married, you won't be friends with him. So it won't matter anyways. That's my hot take in it all. Is like, okay, yeah. You can be friends with guys, of course. Like, that's how you meet people and things like that. Well, and, like, not, like, super, like, yeah. It's just, like, when it gets to the friendship, it gets to, like, this deeper level. Yeah, that, like, like, I'm best friends with him is, yeah. 
it's a little questionable. So yeah. like big group setting, big group of friends vibes, like we're, we're friends is like fine. It's like when it gets, yeah, a little bit like one-on-ones and like deep combos. And then, yeah, it's like, I don't want to hurt the friendship. I don't know if it's just Josh and Tyler, but like there's no way I'd be like, Josh, oh my gosh, my bestie, my bestie Brian is um, – <laughs> Tyler would look oh, at me and I have be like, story what? Okay, tell it. No. Okay, yeah, like right at the beginning of me and Josh dating, I never think about this, but we, he was like, I really want you to meet my friend Betsy. And I was like, okay, like, uh, <laughs> your friend Betsy? Betsy? How good of friends are you? Like, totally. I'm not even really like the jealous type, but you'll never believe this fact. We went to Mexican restaurant and we sat in a booth. Josh sat in sat next to Betsy. No, he and did I, not. I, yes. Josh. I never have told you this before. <laughs> I die. I can't even bring it up to him, though, because he cringes so bad. He, like, doesn't even know what he and was And now you're telling the world on the podcast. <laughs> he sat next to Betsy. I was, like, on the other side of the booth and, like... I was like, what's happening? You guys are like secret lovers or like, were they like interviewing you? What was going on in this dinner? I blacked out. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Anyways, like, no, like guys being friends with girls, like, you know, Betsy's long gone. Betsy is (laughs) quickly out of the picture, you guys. So there we go. We could go off about that. (laughs) Not because of me. Not because the guy said so. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just in marriage, like friendships with like members of the opposite sex, it's just really not a healthy thing. I I think you end up being couple friends with people and that's great and awesome. But like, yeah, it's just an interesting one. And I love it because like, it's cool. Like my best friends, like I love when we sit at the table and Tyler sees them as his friends, like my girlfriends. Like he's like, yeah, but he's never going to hang out with them without me type thing. And so I think that's just like a good place to be and a healthy place to be. So you don't get to take them with you into marriage. So you don't want to invest too much in them. That's probably the hot take. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The next one, we're getting close to the end. I don't know what number we're on, but my next one is to, let's see. My next one is to have fun on purpose. And this is like a a key, this is a common thread between Ken's and I that we have really like made one of our core values of our friendship, but we build fun into everything we do. Meaning if it's not fun, we're not doing it. And that doesn't mean that we don't do hard things because we definitely do hard things, but Within those hard things, we look for little like pockets and moments to have fun and enjoy ourselves. Uh, like Ken's and I have written books and like we go on writer's retreats to New York City, which seems like the dumbest place to go on a writer's retreat, but that's like <laughs> what we love and it gives us joy and it gives us life. And we sit there for hours a day and we write a book and then it's like 8 p.m. and we're like, and now we're going to go eat the best dinner ever and it's going to be so fun. <laughs> we used to do this thing where we would get carrot cake at Jay Alexander's after every like big milestone and delight. Uh, you know that if we are hanging out together, we're going to work hard, get our things done, and then we're going to be like, okay, now let's go have fun and do this thing. And so I think it's just something that we've chosen to like be really intentional and purposeful about having fun and planning for fun in the midst of hard things. And 
it's just one of my favorite things that like Tyler and I were talking at dinner the other night about like things, core values we want to bring into our family. And that was when we were like, we want to do that. Like when we have hard moments in our family, like are we creating intentional places where it's like, Hey, we stop and we pause and we have fun together and we enjoy this. And so I think you can be in really tough seasons and still have fun on purpose. Agreed. Agreed. That is a really good one. You got to laugh a lot. I like recently on Instagram, I don't know if it's my algorithm right now, but I've been getting a lot of people like doing um, pranks, like husband and wives Uh, pranking each other. And I'm like, what? Why did I not realize that pranking was an option for me right now? Like I need to be pranking. Like pranking is about the funniest thing ever. I could see you doing that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, that's a fun way to have fun on a regular day pop out of the corner so is this your is this you have two more right i have no idea i've been bouncing around okay cool I, I, let's say two more though we gotta wrap this okay cool up. cool i only right. have one more so you have two more okay my next one is buy the lulu leggings because they'll survive this is so funny because I almost made mine. Sometimes the real thing is better than the dupe. <laughs> oh, it's true. Not coming from you. It's kind of true. It's not always the case, but sometimes it really is. So. Max, like a dupe queen. But yeah, no, Lulu leggings. No, I was like trying to prepare for this podcast thinking like what's something I like spent money on in my 20s that like I still have. Furniture, no. Like pretty much all new stuff, pretty much. Uh you know, fancy dresses and stuff. I don't know. That's I've only worn it a couple times. I swear I've worn my like black plain Lulu leggings at least twice a week for the last ten years of my life, <laughs> and they're still perfect. And also, I think Lulu just implemented something where you can like return your old Lulu and get brand new. So I don't know why everybody isn't just getting Lulu leggings. So that is what I had to say. Okay. So thank you. That's funny. I don't own any Lululemon leggings. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, you it's just like the practical stuff. Like, just I'm telling you black, just plain, like you'll wear them every day. I feel like I've kind of invested in furniture and it's stuck with me, actually. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's probably different for every person. But like, yeah, there are just some places in your life where you do want to make the investment for the things that you're going to have long term. Like what pieces of furniture have you kept? Like my whole house is exactly the same. Like, you know, you know, I just but I'm more decisive in my furniture style than you are. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, ever what to get when it comes to furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's Um, good. That's good. I like that. All right. Here's my last one. My last one is that God, what I've learned is that God actually wants to talk to me. And we did a podcast on this recently, but I've just been on this journey of learning to hear God's voice. And it's been the coolest thing. Uh, But I think just this notion that you know, the God who loves me enough to go to the cross and to die for all of my junk, all of my mess, all of my sins is the same guy who actually wants to talk to me and hang out with me every day. And even the notion that like, he actually likes me and has so much to say to me in my everyday. And so I think just learning that, like, I want to be someone who 
looks for God's voice, who listens for his voice, who actually asks him what he thinks in all the moments. Uh, Tyler and I, I told you we were talking about like family values we wanted to like bring into our family. And we were going to say that one of our family values, we want it to be ask God. Like, it's just like in every moment, if someone's like complaining about something or struggling something, it's like, well, have you asked God? You know, like almost annoyingly, like, have you talked to God about it? Like, have you actually sat there, asked him and then listened for his response and believed that he has something he wants to say to you and that he likes you enough to hang out with you and talk to you and to show up for you in those moments. And so I think that's just a really big one that I'm just, I just figured out later in my twenties how to really lean into And there was so much time in my early 20s where I relied on what I thought God would say rather than actually going to him and asking him and inviting him to speak. And so that's been Mm -hmm. a big one for me is that God Mm -hmm. actually wants to talk to me and I get to ask him in every moment. There's so many decisions you make in your 20s, like whether it has to do with like your career or a your future husband or a place you're going to move and live and establish yourself. And those are big decisions. And, you know, of course that carries into the rest of your life, but like, but right now in your twenties is like the best place to make a decision is at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you don't hear him the first time, just like keep going back and keep going back until you do hear from him because he will speak into that area of your life. So that's good. good. Let him lead. Jesus, take the wheel. Okay. This is it. Number 20. Bring it home. Bring it home. Okay, so. Bring it home. I can't wait to see what you saved for last for us. Oh, gosh. I wasn't really having that intention, but I think this one's pretty good. Okay. Um, I don't know how to word it, to be honest, but I'm just going to blend it out. (laughs) So (laughs) Um, it's like get really good at saying sorry or, oh, my gosh, you're right, or that's such a better idea. Or anything that comes with having your defense down. Yeah. Because I think me and Mac have learned this through our relationships. Be quick to take down your defenses. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is the story of our lives, you guys. I sit trying to figure out the words. Mac's like, definitely this. Anyways. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like we have, I feel like a big part of Mac and I's friendship, like we've just, because we live our lives so closely together or whatever. It's just like, I there's a really big pivotal moment in our relationship. It was probably mid-20s where I decided I was just going to say, because Mac often has better ideas than me, and I always was, like, pushing back. I was like, oh, I want to fight for my idea. Oh, wait, no. Uh. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm just going to say the exact words that comes out of my mouth. is going to be like, your idea was so much better. Like, in those words... Just, like, letting go of, like, what you think is best or right and just, like, saying that out loud over and over and over again. I promise you, if you get really good at saying that all the way through your 20s, you are going to be more full of wisdom. You're Mm going to be more, like, you're going to be shaped and molded to look a lot more like Jesus. It's Mm -hmm. crazy how if we're so stubborn, we're never going to grow. And it's okay to, like, I've changed my opinion and I've changed my, like, my mindset on things like so much through my 20s and I'm grateful that like I did and I wasn't too stubborn towards things and because new experiences in your life like just like change the way you view them so Mm, be open to that and say sorry and put that offense all the time that's so good it's so good I truly believe I think I've I've probably shared it before but I think 
learning to say you're sorry in your 20s. It's like it's just some of the most powerful words that you can have as a leader, as someone who's like trying to like lead and shape other people. Learning to say you're sorry is like the best thing you can do. I, I always would tell the delight team like if you're not saying you're sorry at least once a week, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> like because yeah. there's just so many moments where we overlook people's feelings or we overlook things and we we say things we don't mean or we do things we don't mean or we yeah like pride slips in in a moment and it's so cool to be able to go go to somebody and say hey I'm so sorry like I I didn't mean that and I'm so sorry I know that probably didn't make you feel great and I'm so sorry because as soon as you apologize genuinely apologize to someone it's like oh oh okay yeah like you're so right not when someone's like sitting there telling you all you've done wrong and you're they're like begging you for an apology but to go out of your way to go to somebody who's not even asking for an apology and just say hey I did this and I want you to know I'm so sorry. Uh, I think yeah. it's just really powerful. So, so good. I love that. Yeah. And I'm honored wow. to be on the recipient of your taking down your defenses. Growing. So thank oh, you. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. Wow. We got some good ones out there. What one was your favorite all in all? Um, My favorite... <laughs> That's <laughs> probably hearing that Josh <laughs> took you on a date or introduced you to his girlfriend Betsy. and he sat next to Betsy. That was the Dead. best moment of the podcast for me personally. I think I was excited to get the bachelorette, uh, the news out there to you guys. So <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoyed this and there was some fun little nuggets in there and some good wisdom and things to just encourage you in this season of life uh it was fun to catch us next next week we're talking about our friendship it's gonna be good and special and cute yes so true all right well thanks for listening to our normal babbling and you guys are the best and we love you so much and we will see you